At Redeemer, as we continue growing in our understanding of our own story, we are gathering and sharing the stories of the people in this place. With our podcast, Interrupting Grace, Living Into the Way of Love, we will share these stories. The stories of grace in action, the stories of love in the world, the stories of living the way of love. How are you the Interrupting Grace? The Way of Love at Home series is part of our Interrupting Grace podcast. In this series, Philip Duvall and I will discuss Life Transformed, the Way of Love in Lent. Bless, share faith, and unselfishly give and serve. Jesus called his disciples to give, forgive, teach, and heal in his name. We are empowered by the Spirit to bless everyone we meet practicing generosity and compassion, and proclaiming the good news of God in Christ with hopeful words and selfless actions. We can share our stories of blessing and invite others to the way of love. Almighty and everlasting God, who in the Paschal mystery established the new covenant of reconciliation, grant that all who are reborn into the fellowship of Christ's body may show forth in their lives what they profess by their faith. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the lands and bring you to your soil. And I will cast upon you clean water and you shall be cleansed of all your defilements. And of all your foul things, I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. And I will put within you and I will take away the heart of stone from your body and give you a heart of flesh. And my spirit I will put within you, and I will act so that you may go by my statutes and keep my laws, and you shall do it. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and you shall become my people, and I will be your God. All right. In our first session, we explored the ancient baptismal ritual that is the foundation for the great Easter vigil, the great vigil of Easter. In the passage from Ezekiel for this session, we see that God blesses the Israelites through the act of sprinkling them with clean water. This reading reminds us that we too are blessed by God through the waters of baptism. Some congregations practice practice aspurging the sprinkling of holy water on the people in the Easter vigil after the renewal of baptismal promises. As noted, a major element in the ancient rite was turning from sin and renouncing the things that draw us from the love of God. We are called to renounce the idols we worship in place of God. Now, from our modern viewpoint, we might not think we worship idols. However, idols are not simply images of other gods. Rather, an idol is anything to which we assign ultimate value in our lives. Those things we spend our time, talent, and treasure serving other than God. Our job, power, money, reputation, certain relationships, or anything that pulls on our heart more than God. These are idols. While idols seem momentarily satisfying, they eventually harm our relationship with God and limit our capacity or willingness to live for others. Often we cling to idols out of an attitude of scarcity. We desire what we think we do not have. When our hearts are focused on an idol, they are bound up and clenched shut like a heart of stone. 
Only when we turn to God will our hearts be open so that we can, in turn, open our hearts in blessing to others. When we realize that there is enough of God's love for us, we no longer cling to the idols of old that can never give us the sense of abundance. Once we are secure in that abundance, we will leap to bless others with our stories, our money, our time, and our hearts. Huh. Blessing is necessarily relational, an affirmation of our belovedness as fellow children of God. Share the blessing of fellowship by sharing your reflection on this session's teaching. Um, take a few minutes to discuss what you have spent the most time, money, and worry on in the last week. Um, Jobs and relationships are indeed good. However, when we forget to see them as a blessing from God that are meant to be offered back to God, they can begin to take the central place in our hearts. How can you reframe the most important things in your life as a blessing from God that you could give back to God? And who or what in your life needs a blessing right now? How can you help the person or situation move from a place of stone and rigidity into a new life? of joy and freedom. So that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> but going back, I think the, um, that ending language, that language of abundance, right, is kind of what, where I went immediately at the end of the, of that, um, that there's, there's almost this idea of, of worth coming in, right? But what's your initial thought? Well, I'm just bouncing off of what you were saying that this idle conversation, that it's, I think we focus on certain things because we think that we need to focus on them to manufacture abundance um, and security and all those things that we want. But the idea that if if it's true that God is already with us and that God's blessing is already abundant upon us, then what's the hustle for? What's yeah. the hustle for? I mean, that idea that, that um, I think so much in society, and I think at least American Western society is such of a, of a place of scarcity when we are not right but that is the as like that's the hustle right like that's mm -hmm. the like what what is what more can we do um and i think in some ways that's the idol right that they've kind of laid out before us at least for me that's easy that's a that's a like a tangible um tangible for me it's interesting that we actually do, we do sort of approach the world with the assumption that resources are scarce. When literally everything that we need to survive is here by definition. Yeah. Like God literally has given us the things that we need to survive. That's fascinating. We worry about overpopulation and I get that, but this earth can absolutely sustain the number of people that it has on it just not the way we are living, which isn't the right. same thing. It's just not the same thing, mm. right? It's not that the earth can't sustain this number of people. It's that the earth can't sustain 
an untenable and unhealthy way of living for that long, right. which we translate to, I guess it just can't handle this many people. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> right. Which is like, and the earth's like, I never said that. I never said that. <laughs> that's not what I was saying. That's not what, I'm, that's not what any of this means. <laughs> you know? And it's like, and it's similar with like God being like, um, everything that you have is here. And we're like, God's saying we better scrape for it. God's like, I didn't, I literally never said that, you know, you have to work, but yeah, I'm, I'm, um, so what's our idol, uh, usefulness, mm -hmm. right? Mine is certainly like, certainly mm. I idolize being the idea of being useful. Yeah. And I'm hounded by the possibility that I'm not. And what keeps me from resting when I, what keeps me from feeling at peace? The idea that someone who, by the way, someone, someone might see how I'm living, which again, who's paying attention to that and, <laughs> and say, um, wow, what a waste of, what a waste of our time and money this guy is. Right. Right. Like that's the fear. By the way, I'm not necessarily even sure I'm gonna be afraid that they're right. Just afraid that it's not even like just that I'm afraid that they'd think it, mm -hmm. which is even worse. It's like I'm not even afraid of being useless. I'm afraid of being perceived. Yeah, in a yeah. Way. yeah it, and it's 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 to that. Uh, it's yeah. It's essentially what what they're thinking, right? It's not even the the fact that they would even think something. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know, it, I don't know what, how to, for me, I don't know if worthiness is the same as what you're saying, right? Like, I, I but I think that would be mine. I think there's a level of what you're saying in mine as far as, like, if we're thinking about <laughs> those ideal idolistic ideas that are going through our heads, right? That I, I, ready? Idolatrous. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this is why I went to seminary, so I could say things like idolatrous. <laughs> but so you were saying about your in terms of your the things yeah, that, think... that you hold as idols. You think for you, you think it's is is trying to be worthy. I think so, and I don't and and. I think of, of like when I was younger, I had this thought like like I remember having this thought that like I wasn't really trying to prove anything to somebody else, yeah. but I was trying to prove something to myself. Yeah. And yes. I, and like I don't know where that like how to differentiate that much more than that, <laughs> but um, so like this language of. Um, the uh, and it, uh, there was a blessing, and it reminded me of of I mean that's what we're talking about, I guess. But yeah. that 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 this idea of as humans we're a blessing, right? And I think when when you I think when we went what what is that high school? Is that Withrow that we went to? Yeah. Yeah. Um. And you had yeah, we the you had the sign that that Krista made that it, you are a blessing. Yeah. I think that for me was the first time you and I had the conversation. Um. That I think it was 
uh, Paul Romberg, mm-hmm. um, that you you kind of shared that that conversation that you two had about. Um, oh wow humans as a blessing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you hear, you hear. Well, and it's specifically not a, like, like, can I go a little? Yeah, absolutely. Please. Like, so, so when my dad came out of the closet, uh, as gay, I immediately accepted him though. The church that I was, of which I was a part would not, did not, and would not, and had taught me to do otherwise. But I, when I say accepted him, what I mean was I decided that what that whoever he was was okay, right? That it wasn't bad for him to be gay. So the simplest terms possible, it wasn't bad that he was gay, right? Now the interesting thing is I was content to be there for a very long time and thought that that was pretty great. That I I was that I didn't think that it was a sin because so many of our church uh, churches in the country and the world think that it is. But what Paul did for me, Paul Fromberg, not not Paul uh, of Tarsus, um, <laughs> but but Paul Fromberg of of uh, San Francisco, uh, what he said one time was, um, "No, m- my gayness is a blessing. That I that I that it's it's special and unique, and it's something about me that makes me a blessing in a very specific way." Um, he was speaking of himself, and I and I and it and it I like I remember like sitting at this little retreat center in Southern California, like at this little lunch table, like, and I started to basically cry mm. because it hit me like that. It wasn't enough to say what that it's not enough actually to say it's not bad to be you. Right. It's actually right. not enough. Right. Hey, by the way, your existence isn't, isn't inherently sinful. Uh, oh, thanks. Like what a low bar we've set for yeah. God. But to say your existence is a blessing, you are a blessing, and through the way that you exist in this world, I see God more fully. That's utterly different. And I think that language that, and I remember you saying that that idea of seeing God more fully, um, kind of was this this uh, you know turning a turning or huge, light huge. light switch on or whatever you want to say. But um, and so I think of when when the way of love is was presented to me, and you know, looking up things, I got to blessing and and thinking of um, how do we as people, how do we um, how do we ourselves um, show God to people? Yeah, and how do we look for God in, in others? Yeah, as their blessing, right? Yes. Um, Which, and just from a like super nerdy standpoint, because the word blessing could be sort of used ambiguously, mm. it comes from this idea of something really like it means that God is looking upon you favorably. That's the, mm. the most basic definition of blessing in the Bible is that God is looking upon you, like setting God's sight on you favorably. There's mm-hmm. this language in the Bible between God turning towards you or turning away from you, essentially. Mm-hmm. Don't turn don't turn your face away from me. Turn your face toward me. So it's that language um, in that in that blessing that we've heard, may the Lord um, bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with favor and grant you peace. That's actually him saying the same thing three times in a row. Mm. So blessing you, because that's the way, he, by the way, that's the way Hebrew poetry works. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't rhyme. Um, they don't rhyme sounds. They rhyme ideas. So they say the same idea uh, in different ways. And if you know that, go back and read the Psalms and you're like, oh, the Psalms are so repetitive. It's like each line is a, right. is a, restate, a poetic restatement of the line before as an emphatic. And so the emphasis here is this clarification that, so God looks upon you with favor. So when you're blessing someone, you are rec- you are looking upon them with favor. Or when you're recognizing the blessing in someone, you are recognizing God's favor, God's favorable view of them you are recognizing it and you are seeing God's favor within them. And how, and see, when you see that, it, it illuminates things. Right. And here at, uh, at the end of this, um, this opening here, uh, when we turn to God, when we turn to God, will our hearts be open so that we can in turn open our hearts in blessing to others? Hmm. So that, that idea that you were just saying of God turning towards or away, um, we in turn also have that option or we, we live, we also have the way we have that. um, We're able to live in that way. Um, Yeah. And so when we're turned towards God, um, we're, we're blessing in, in some way. Yeah. And when we're recognizing how God has turned towards us. Yeah. It's, it's um, in this, in this, um, this marriage counseling uh, that I use, this guy for premarital counseling, whatever, he's famous, this marriage counselor named John Gottman. He uses the imagery of turning towards one another or turning away from one another in a, in a, in a marriage relationship. That's all. Yeah. Am I turning towards you or turning away? That's it. And really simply, when someone, like when someone, when your partner walks in the room, whether it be physically or emotionally, spiritually, uh, verbally, is your action a turn towards or a turn away? So thinking of blessing in those terms, what happens when we turn towards God? And God has already turned towards us, by the way. So that's what we first, when you turn around and realize that God's already turned towards you, right? Mm-hmm. And then how do we live into that? And so I, I've become more a firm believer that the way that we turn towards each other is, a, is an incarnational, a living into, an embodiment of how we are turning towards God. Because God has been pleased to dwell among us. Yeah. And so much in that just is, is reiterating that relational aspect, right? That, that we have this relationship, um, and using that same language in our relationship with God. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, as simply as that, I mean, that kind of. Yeah. Um, but you were, but, but. We digress. Yes. <laughs> you're, you're, you, do you think maybe that your idol is the desire to prove worthiness? Or... I think so. I think so. Um, and he's like, stop grilling me, man. I think I think that's why. Um, yeah, I think that's why I'm. There's a part of me that um, wants to be good at everything. Mm. which like uh, there's a part that uh, at some point you know you go through these these phases <laughs> in life um i've had not have i've not had as many as others but as far as that feeling of being a jack of all trades master of none type mm-hmm. of situation um oh yeah and i think that 
once <laughs> once I realized what that saying actually was, was I was like, oh, <laughs> oh I don't want to be that. <laughs> right. Um, I think I just learned the first part, not the second half, right? right. Um, and once I learned the second half, I was like, well, shoot. I don't want to be a, I don't want to be a jack. <laughs> oh, man. So I think, yeah, and I think um, to put it in terms of, um, I mean, it's so easy to say it, but to put it in these terms that like so much of uh, the turning, and I mean, that's one of the practices, right, The that our turning to God then also leads us to being a blessing. I mean, it doesn't negate, right? Like our ble- we're still a blessing. You're still you're a blessing no matter what. But our own acknowledgement and understanding, um, yeah, uh, is what what is helpful. But yeah, to talk about blessing in this way is an act of faith that there's enough space for us in God's world. I think one of my biggest fears is being um, an imposition on other people. Yeah. And I know I have a big personality and I know I've got about, got a, a big ego and, and I get away with it a lot. Uh, and I, and I, but I, there's a part of me that's always like, just waiting for the other shoe to drop and for people to be like, we have put up with you long enough and we have learned enough about you. You may go. And, and I think that that translates on a macro level to, you know, fears around uh, the divine fears around how God may see me now. The gospel runs exactly counter to that. And one of the reasons why I think it's so important that I keep reading it and believe and listening to it and learning how to believe it is that our gospel continues to say over and over again, you have a part to play. Right. You are a part of the body. You can take up that space. The space was your it's yours. Yeah. Like, that's like, it's like it's like saying to the kidney, you know what, kidney, you can have a little room in this body. And the kidney's like, Yeah, no joke. I'm the like, this is the space where the kidney goes. Like you know, like, 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 of course I can, but, but can you imagine a kidney being like, should I be here? This doesn't like, I, <laughs> is there enough room for me? Like, you know, like the, you know, and just that's that pursing that, it out. <laughs> that body image is not just, there's room for you. It's that this is your space, you know, mm-hmm. and, I, and I gotta be careful about that. You know, we've all heard about man spreading. I don't want to, I don't want to take up too much space. <laughs> right. I guess that's probably my fear, honestly, in a social level is I'm taking up more space than is allotted to me, but but if I'm being honest, it's uh, there's an underlying fear of like people just getting sick of me. Yeah. And um, so, but if I keep being useful, who could right. be sick of someone who's useful? Right. And if you then, could just keep being good at things, then there will always be a place for someone who's good at things. Right. Right. Mm. Oh, once once you're acknowledging that there is space for you. You then know that there's space for you and that then allows space for others. Right. Right. So that it's one of those things where if you're not going to take care of yourself, how can you begin to take care of others? Right. Yeah. 
Well, and it's um, just, and it gives the idea of scarcity that there's not, I take up too much space because I'm afraid there's not enough for me. Right. So my son will grab, he's not even four years old and he will grab like three pieces of pizza at once and there's less for other people, but also it's not just that he literally can't eat that much. It's not that he shouldn't, it's not that he shouldn't. He's scared there won't be enough for him. He's not actively trying to take it away. He doesn't want for his brother to have less. That's not his mindset. I just, that's not his mindset. His mindset is I need to make sure I have enough. And it's mm -hmm. like, and so he takes more because he's scared. And I have to tell him, it's my job to be like, you genuinely don't need that much. I will make sure you have enough. You know, because then he's like, well, maybe we'll see what happens. I don't know. <laughs> right, right. Mm. Yeah. I'm interested in this language, by the way, that Ezekiel uses. Because it's it's all things that God is doing for us. Right. That's Even the heart thing. I, God never says, if you just get your heart right, I will do these things. God literally is like, I'm going to put you here. I'm going to make this work for you. Land's going to be great. By the way, your, uh, your crappy uh, stone heart. Uh, that you have, I'm going to take that out and I'm going to give you a stone of, I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. Like, right. like it's not, he's like, I'm even going to give you the means to appreciate the gift that you have. Even that, even the ability to appreciate the gift is a gift that I will give you. It's so, I mean, there's, I, I don't know, um, But this is a, this is a this is a uh, a covenant conversation, right? It seems mm -hmm. it. I mean, every time Very like so. like God yeah. saying that I am your God and you are my people. Yeah, yeah. It's not simply a promise of what He will do. There is it's a mutualistic relationship that has certain expectations of us as well. I think it's just important. It's not that we don't that there are no expectations. It's just that we understand it's important for us to understand that that God will God isn't waiting to bless us till we get it right. Right. God's God's present in your life with love and favor for you. It is only for you to turn to see it. The other thing looking at um uh looking at this here, the language that God uses is people instead of you are my person and I will oh, be your God. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, Cause it is always as a people that we exist belonging to God and never individually. I mean, right. we are individuals, but the whole idea of I belong to God as opposed to we belong to God is it's so, it's so a product of our modern sickness. Right. This individualism is, is, uh, crushing. And the problem is that we've grown up, you and I've grown up in a narrative where it's either, it's either individualism or collectivism, which has right. all sorts of political baggage. Yeah. Uh, if you have any critiques of the current system, you must be a communist or socialist. Now we have friends that actually would be like, yeah, that's true. I'm a communist, right? Okay. That's their business. I'm not. But it's funny to me that those are our choices, apparently, as if as if these relatively recent modernist constructions of what you are 
existed in God's economy and heart uh, 3,000 years ago when these things were being said, right? Right. Like, like God is talking to us as a people who exist individually within mm-hmm. a body. Like mm-hmm. saying, the kidney is not the heart, but they don't do well without each other. Right. So right. sure, you, you, you exist as an individual. Good luck. Good yeah. luck to make it on your own. Yeah. I mean, in, in they, they, it says here, community to be whole, every person's gifts must be called forth, nurtured, and used. Mm. Um, and I think that's so interesting in the conversations you and I have had around using the way of love as, a, as an understanding of how uh, one is a member of a church or faith community, right? right. That um, looking at your gifts as that blessing and using that those within your community in whatever way makes sense, right? Like right. just simply put, like what does that look like? Yeah. Um, How um, do you play your part? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Do you think your um, your idol of usefulness kept you from um, blessing others? Certainly it does. And and it certainly does because I, I will, it's one of the reasons I talk too much is mm. because I want to prove that I belong in the room. It's not because I think I'm better than other people. It's because I'm worried that I need to prove that I belong here. Right. Or that if I can prove, if I say things just the right way, then I can like somehow get you to see where I'm at, but it's not so that we can all, so you can like, so that you can come to my side of things so much as it is so that I can feel validated in my being. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's truth. There's truth um, to it. So I'm overbearing sometimes and I take up more space than I do sometimes in words. Um, and it's almost always, I mean, sometimes, I mean, I do, I just like to talk. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, but I, do there is at least a part of it that is um, connected to that desire to be of use. Yeah. And that keeps me from just being able to allow others to be, you know what you just reminded me of? I think, and if I've told you the story already, you can be like, Phil, you told that story <laughs> or just edit it out. But, right. <laughs> but I remember um, at the first, the first sermon I preached at the first church, the church that sponsored me for ordination. So I came back from seminary and I was preaching I was preaching um, from Luke, and um, um, and th- at that church there was the tradition where after the, you'd preach there would be a Q and A. Oh right, right, right. About yeah. the sermon. So I'm sitting up on this. It was this church. We had church in a jazz club. I'm sitting up on this chair and this on this stage. The congregations in the audience, and I preach my sermon and calling on people. And someone asks me a question, and you know I do my best to answer it. And I said. Uh, I hope that answers it. We'll see. And then, um, and then, uh, somebody else raised their hand. I said, was that, you know, did that do it? And, uh, she was like, nope, that didn't answer my question. <laughs> I was mortified. Right. Mm. And that's this lawyer who's been part of that church, like irascible sort of lawyer raised his hand. He's like, I have an idea. Go ahead. And he says, I, what if it's this, 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 and this? And she was like, that's it. 
And when he said it, I was like, oh, I should have said that. Mm. And then I said later on to my mentor, I said, I should have said that. What he said, I should have said. That should have been my answer. And he said, no, you shouldn't have, because if it was your answer, it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have gotten to be his answer. Mm. Like you not having the answer, let him have the answer. I can't to this day, like I think about that. Like, what if I didn't know everything? Which right? I wish, wish you and I both know I don't. <laughs> but I I try to make a practice in this work, in this job, and in the in our staff, but also just in meetings to openly not always know everything. Because mm. there's pressure on people in leadership positions to know. Mm-hmm. Even if it's self-imposed pressure, it's there. And so to reject that pressure and say, I don't know everything creates a space for others to know. And I think that's a that's a better that's 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 actually a healthier. And that in and of itself is lifting up their gifts, right? That's the hope. And nurturing yeah. those gifts. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think I think often this is I, I don't know if this is in line um or not, but uh so often, at least my experience, the church um they see a promising young person who's involved in the church and they want to make him a priest. Oh yeah. Right. Yep. Um, and it is one of those things where, at least for me, like I, you know, I've done discernment around it um, and recognizing that there is such a need for lay leadership in the church. Oh yeah. That, that, it took me so long to understand what that looks like. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and to then see that and, and be okay with saying people like, no, like I do know that they're like, this is, a, this is, this is a gift and a need that needs to be lifted up in some way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So well, yeah. I, I remember having a conversation with one of your friends after I'd been here for not very long. And you and I had actually, that was one of the first conversations you and I had. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So you're a young and talented Episcopalian who's been working for the church for a while. Is this a thing you think about? And you said, oh, I've thought about it and I've discerned that I'm a layperson, right? So I, 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 was, I was meeting one of your friends and they were like, so uh, what do you think about Annie? And I was like, she's so spectacular. She's fantastic. And they're like, so uh, what do you think about her? Uh, you know, what do you think about her being a priest? And I said, I think that she said she isn't and I should trust her judgment on that. And they were kind of like, <laughs> well played, Duvall. Like, they didn't like my answer, but they knew it was the right one. Right. Like, like, look, right. uh, you know, but we, you're right. We do that thing. But, it's, but hey, but wait. So same question back at you. Your, mm-hmm. your idol of, of trying to be worthy how, mm-hmm. uh, or, or good at everything. Mm-hmm. Has, that, I, has that kept you from allowing yourself to be blessed by others or others to bless? Like, I, I think I worry that I, I – um kind of similar to you that I'm taking somebody else's place mm. that just because I'm able to do it doesn't mean I should be the one doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's taken me some time to get to that place. But um, I think that's where my, my biggest worry is um, around that. And then, then thinking of um, it's hard to decipher things, right. Of, of, what I'm, what I should be doing or what I'm doing or what that looks like. Mm-hmm. So then, um, I think I overlook people. I, mm-hmm. I have, 
I'm, I'll miss something because of that because it's almost like I'm flattened in some way instead of being able to see what's right in front of me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's yeah. kind of where, where I could uh, have a blind spot in some way. Um, I mean, and then the, the other half of that is how is how can that be a blessing, right, in some way? Well, getting out of people's way is great. Right. But right. also you have a voice. Right. And I think, I think in some ways, um, uh, having one person being a a common variable, right. Um, this could be helpful. So, yeah. So I feel the need to say like in the midst of the blessing conversation, um, that I think in both of the cases are our fears the things that we uh, idolize are things that validate our reason for our, our, our presence. Mm. So coming back to that idea, mm-hmm. but also that they, we, it ends up putting the, the validation of our presence in, in how others perceive us. And the reality is that's something we can't control. Right. Here's the hard, really hard part. Like neither of us is going to be for everybody. Right. But, and that's scary, except God keeps putting people in both of our lives that actually are really wonderful for us and that we're wonderful for. We didn't plan for that. And we didn't, and and going back to the worthiness conversation, we didn't earn it. It yep. just we just were present, right? right? So there's this idea of like I need to be a thing. Meanwhile, God's at work putting each other in, putting us in each other's lives. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in front of a lot of people in general, well, when we're in front of people, but <laughs> I, I'm in, I'm interacting with a lot of people and I worry if I'm not that person's person, but wait a minute. I mean, if I actually was for all these people who would have time to breathe, Yeah, it actually doesn't take a huge amount of people to, to create your network and your, and your, you know, your sort of, I don't know. So I, I think it's this interesting, it's the, it's the notion of scarcity. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. notion that blessing is not in abundance, including in our being blessed and being cared for and being, let's face it, appreciated. Right, right. That we need to prove that we're appreciated appreciated, or or that there's something worth appreciating in us. Right. But mm-hmm. like, but I keep I keep thinking about like, and I don't ever, I don't want to make it like too much of a thing. But like it's still one of those moments that I think about, right? Which is like, um, I remember that the, I think, I think, and maybe you'll correct me that the first time we met was over at an, at a colleague's house for dinner right after Chris and I had gotten here Yep. and you like showed up and you're like, yeah, I work at the church. And I was like, Oh, cool. I'm like, well, I guess I'm your boss now. Okay. <laughs> but we were like talking and it was like, Oh, that's interesting. And I remember being like, she seems pretty cool. Like, great. Okay. Right. Like we seem like that's right. good. Now that was nice, but then you and I were in uh, had to, uh, to ride up to Proctor right. together and back for separate meetings at the same place at the same time. It's weird, but anyways, back when people were like in cars together, <laughs> unmasked, unmasked, and interacting. And I remember, like, and all we were doing was talking. Like, you didn't present me with like the three point plan of what needed to happen at Redeemer. You didn't come at me with like a prospectus or a presentation. It was literally like, what's your deal? 
what's your deal? And we just kind of shared each other's deal and we were riding up and riding back. And I remember like during that car ride on the way back specifically, I remember thinking, all right, well, I got to do whatever it takes to make sure that this person is on this team with me because I think this could be really special. And I think that we could do a lot of really good work. But I remember I'm saying that uh, kind of to flatter you, but only kind of because it wasn't like you, it's not that that's something you earned. Right. It, what it really was, and it's not like, and it's fun to say, like to give myself credit for realizing how awesome you are. That's like, it's always fun. And men love that stuff. Like men, we love to be like, well, I discovered this person. They were, and it's like, it, you know, like I, I, I knew the true value of another person more. Um, <laughs> uh, we get, get men are ridiculous about stuff like that. But I, but I, uh, but the reality is God like picked me up and plopped me down in Ohio right next to you. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't do that. And you didn't say like, you didn't get on your knees and go, dear Lord. I like, hope this. Please, please send me a person who will recognize my value. Like that didn't happen, right? right? Like what happened was you were doing your thing. I was doing my thing. We're both doing our best mm. just to try to be faithful. Right. And doing it in our, in both of our sort of like me trying too hard to be useful and you well, trying very, too hard to be worthy. Very, right. Like, I mean, I was totally. Like in our right, two jobs at the same time. Like, literally, that was the scenario. You were we literally, were. like, your profession here was jack of all trades. Like, that was your job. <laughs> yeah. And um, and God was like, and God was like, hey, I have an idea. Let's put them together. <laughs> and let's see what happens, right? And 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 I think, uh, so there's this fear that we operate in, that, like, we're not going to be enough, that, that we're not, that we're going to get it wrong, that we're going to make bad choices, that we're going to, and by the way, and the funny thing is, I keep coming back to, we are going to get it wrong, and we are mm -hmm. going to make bad choices. Yep. And if you, and by the way, and people say you are enough, I'll say, we're not enough, because what's enough? What does that even mean? Yeah. It's, well, a, it's a faulty concept. Well, and then it's, it says here, you saying that, you led right into this, I was going to say this no matter what, it says, when we realize that there is enough of God's love for us, it has nothing to do with... Yeah. Yeah. With whether we are enough. I mean, that is a value, right? Yeah. But yeah. when we realize that there is enough of law, loves God. <laughs> God's love. You almost had it. Almost. God, when we realize that there is enough of God's love, mm -hmm. then go ahead. Finish your sentence. We no longer cling to the idols of old. Yeah. And that's when we get our, our hearts of stone get replaced with hearts of flesh. Yeah. That's when we feel the true human experience yep. of belonging. Yep. Absolutely. I keep, uh, as you know, I'm a, I'm a fierce, I'm fiercely repetitive. <laughs> Some people are fiercely competitive. I'm fiercely repetitive. Know thyself, right? Know myself. And uh, um, the things I keep coming back to are over and over in my sermons and in my teaching is... Um, Beloved belonging and um, I say blessed, blessed, um, beloved belonging, right? And sometimes I'll say beautiful too because we're beautiful. People are beautiful. Yeah. And like, like, but keep coming back to that reality that you are a blessing, that you belong here, yeah. that you are beloved, that you are beautiful, that these things are true about you. That God's favor is upon you, that God is, and we talked about this last week that God is with us. What is more of a blessing 
we get nervous to use Paul's words, not because he's ever, not because he's wrong when he says it, but because they've been used so sort of like in, in ways that are unhealthy. But literally Paul at one point is just like, hey, if God is for us, who can be against us? Mm-hmm. And the and God is for us. Yeah. So for and about and with you. So yeah. that being true, you know, I, then then the blessing to me when we look at bless as a way of love practice, mm-hmm. it it something shifted in me where I realized that the blessing wasn't to go out there and make blessing, mm-hmm. right? It was to recognize where blessing is happening. Exactly. Yeah. And and you saying that in this, I didn't think of this until I'm about to say it out loud, is and how do we rest in that? Mm. Right? Yeah. Well, I think part of the way you rest is you realize it's not all on you to make something happen. Yeah. It's the thing yeah. I kept, I, I, you know, I said it last night again at the, in our, in a, oh, I said it sometime. Oh, no, I said it yesterday in Bible study when we were talking about, um, I mentioned, you know, about racial justice. Right, um, or any justice for that matter, but but we've been talking a lot about racial justice. God's going to see that justice is done. In fact, God's doing that work right now. The question isn't whether or not it'll happen. The question is, do we want to participate in the thing that God's already doing? You don't have to if you don't want to. I guess, even though you were made for it and you're called the church, right? Right. right. But, but God's gonna. Oh, you don't want to participate in racial justice? I mean, sucks for you, but uh, God's going to do it. Yeah. And and there's actually a beauty in that because it's yeah. not then all about you making it happen. It's about you making the decision to jump in. And it also means that every once in a while we need to jump out and rest. Mm-hmm. You can. Yeah. The big wheel keeps on turning, right? Absolutely. Like, that's going to keep going. Yeah. I think, yeah. And I think there's assurance in that when we think of um, being a blessing too, that again, I mean, we're human. So yep. we're going to go in and out of recognizing that we are a blessing, but you are a blessing no matter what. Yes. Um, yes. Yep. God of hope, from you comes every blessing and all peace. Show us that in the midst of our struggles, you are with us. Give us the abundance of your grace that we may do the work you give us to do and that we may be for the world a sign of your presence. Through Christ, the way and the truth. Amen. Amen. All right. All right, my friend. Well, thank you. Thank you. Good work. Yeah. Yeah.